Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, Jeff Trenopole. And as always, I'll bring you sports from a West Side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of the Cincinnati Reds, who we can actually watch on TV tonight at 8 o'clock. Get a first glimpse of Hunter Green. Very excited to do that. Now, if you found the show, do me a favor, hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. I'm up to 847 subscribers. That is awesome. And as always, I appreciate every single one of you. Now, this show and every show is brought to you by T Properties. T Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out the website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. Okay, guys, today I am going solo because Jeremy D has this thing called a job that actually pays him. It kind of got in the way, so he's unable to join the show today. So uh, it's going to be you and me. We're doing live video chats. The link should be at the top of the YouTube channel. Now, uh, yesterday I teased this. I said, what is or who are the top five Bengals that you put in the ring of honor. Now it's only from the years 2000 to 2020. So my boys helped me out and they put it up on the strawberry ice uh, page. And we also shared it in who day nation. And we have gotten a ton of comments on it. So let me bring in my boy, Tommy here. What's up, Tommy. Let's see how the internet's working today. Yeah, let's see how it's going to go. It, so far, so good after restarting it, but it's been crap since I've been home. So. <laughs> well, we'll see how this goes. We got, we, like I said, we got live video chats, so other people are going to join us. But as of right now, for the poll, looking at my phone right now, uh, we have Chad Johnson as the highest vote getter at 138, AJ Green with 97, Andrew Whitworth, 93. Geno Atkins, 70, and Corey Dillon at 66. Now, I know a lot of people, well, I say a lot of people, but some people got irritated with us because we didn't put Willie Anderson on that, but we did put Corey Dillon on there. Now, the thinking of that was Willie was more, I mean, he got drafted in 95, so he had a lot more years in the 90s than you know Corey Dillon did, and also Corey Dillon also set the single game rushing record at Paul Brown Stadium. Yeah, I got that too. You know, I know what Dylan came out in '97, but you know, he was more of the later '90s where Willie Anderson played throughout half. To, right. He played half the '90s, so yeah, I was uh, I was good with that. You know, I did. We miss it. We may have missed it, but we're going to nah, well, big Willie. Well, we're going to do a 90s poll, so we got to leave somebody on there. The 90s was the lost decade, so that might be a little bit harder to, to figure figure some, some players out there. So that's another reason we left him on there. Now, this is is my my top my top five. On the, my top five, which I have Andy Dalton on there. Now, I know a lot of people don't like him or whatever, but he led us to five straight playoffs. I think that's, that's the longest streak we ever had of consecutively going to the playoffs. We didn't win. And he owns almost every passing record for the Bengals. So from this decade, this span, I'm not sure how you can keep him off. You know, I, I just, that, to me, that, that he's, he's a no-brainer. And he wasn't even on the list. <laughs> but I got him. I got A.J. Green, Corey Dillon, obviously, for single season or single game rushing record, Chad Johnson, and Geno Atkins. What was your list? Almost similar. Mine's almost similar. However, I think I need to watch Sesame Street again because I think I only voted for four. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> but I had Ocho Cinco. I had uh, Gino Adkins, Delta O'Neill, and I picked Shane Graham. One reason ah. I picked Shane Graham is I don't think kickers get enough love. He's... I believe he's second all time in scoring behind Jim Breach, you know, when mm -hmm. it comes to kickers. So I wanted to give Shane Graham some love. Shane Shane Golden Graham is that was his nickname running around here. Now uh James Rapine hit me up 
with his with his now I didn't I didn't have time to explain to him that Willie Anderson wasn't on our list. <laughs> but I'll give you his top five. Uh James's top five was Chad, AJ Geo, Big Wit, and Willie Anderson. So that's it. I can't I have a hard time arguing with those. Like I said, don't want, like I said, Andy Dalton to me is the one that, that I, I I don't understand why I mean, people were banging the drum for for Vontez Burfick and and Pac-Man Jones and and people like this and nobody I, that I saw said anything about Andy Dalton and I'm I'm kind of surprised by that to be honest. I am too. Um, my biggest thing is I think a lot of people just I don't know. I don't know if they just didn't. I don't know what the deal is with Andy Dalton because Andy Dalton actually is one of the top pastors in Bengal history now. Yeah, he owns almost all the records. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he... <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, if I learned how to count, he probably would have been my fifth guy. <laughs> you got you got that West Virginia math system. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I know, uh, I know, I know this is totally killing uh, Jeremy because he wanted to get on and he hit me up about three o'clock. Hey, man, we set this all up and I can't get on. <laughs> like, I'm like, yep, that 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 hurts. Now, Crown hey. puts on here. Yo, what's up? Real quick, did you hear about Jeremy trying to get into Hootay Nation? Jer- Jeremy Dean's trying to get into Hootay Nation? He, he wasn't in Hootay Nation, and we could not figure out why Jeremy D was not in Hootay Nation. Yeah, I, I remember. Cause he, yeah, he, like, yeah, yeah. he was blocked. <laughs> he was blocked? Somebody blocked him. Somebody blocked him. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I didn't know. Because... Yeah, all weekend he's like, "Is it this Hootay Nation?" I'm like, "No, it's this one." I'd send him the stuff, and he's like, "Man, I can't find it." I'm like, "I don't know, dude." And I kept trying to invite him, and I I couldn't invite him. Like, I don't know, man. So so somebody blocked his ass. (laughs) So let me get this straight: Jeremy not only is in Facebook jail, (laughs) but he got blocked (laughs) from Hootay Nation for some reason. (laughs) Don't know why. Oh, that's great. But, but he's in now. Great. He's yeah, in now. There you go. Of. All right. Crown says Dalton's, Dalton has no playoff wins. I guess that's why he's not there. But okay. But he still led them. He was the quarterback for five straight playoffs. And he, like I said, he almost holds almost every single passing record for the, for the Bengals. So, okay. But, but you're going to put – uh. Uh, Whitworth in there. You're gonna put AJ in there. Gonna, all these guys are talking about putting in. They didn't win a playoff game either. So that to me, sorry, crown. That argument is out the window. You can't. You can't say, well, we can't put Andy in because he didn't win a playoff game. Well, neither did any of these other guys. So, I totally agree. Um, you can't really go by playoffs um, wins. Obviously, you know, with this group of uh, guys from 2000 to 2020, um, mm-hmm. but. You know, like it or not, Andy Dalton is one of the best passers in Bengals history. I mean, like it or not, he's one of the best. I mean, statistically wise, he's right behind Ken Anderson. I mean, that's the stats. Now I know it's a completely different league, passing pass happy league than it was when Ken Anderson was there. But stats are stats and results are results. I mean, he he did lead them to five straight playoffs. Now Matt says I think TJ Husmanzada belongs. He had over 70 receptions in five of his nine years with the Bengals. Okay, well, that thing. Okay, then who's your then Matt? Who's your who, what's your five? Who who are you taking out or who are you putting in? Who, what is your five? If you think TJ belongs, which I'm not arguing that he should or he shouldn't. I'm just curious. Like, if you only have five, and that's that's the the hard part of this. You only have five guys, and that's it. Five from 2000 to 2020. What five are you putting in, and who are you leaving out? So, I agree with them, but what what's your list? Because I, I guess I'm I'm trying to. Figure out here. Well, I know we good. TJ's my guy. You know, I still rock the Hoosman's out of Jersey. I really like him, but you know, with this group that was on there, I don't think he's necessarily top five, but I do love TJ Hoosman's out. And anybody that loves him, we're buds because, like I said, I love him too. You know, it's a- yeah, I mean, the, th- the thing is, I mean, Chad's in there and AJ are in there for sure. 
So that's two wide receivers already. So you're gonna put three wide receivers in. You're gonna leave who are you leaving out? Well, you're gonna leave out Witt. You're gonna leave out Geno. You're gonna leave out uh, 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 Corey. You're gonna leave out Rudy Johnson. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Of, you know, if you're gonna put three wide receivers in, who who are you leaving out? And like I said, I I, I like I said, I'm shocked that people. I'm always shocked. I'm more. I'm surprised that nobody said anything about Andy Dalton. I just that I just you know. That just surprises me. Crown yeah, wants to say here. Crown, wake up. Oh, uh, Crown wants to know what time? What time the uh, uh, Reds game or or what channel the Reds game is on? It is on MLB Network tonight at eight o'clock. So it's not on Fox Sports Ohio. It's on MLB Network, which would be cool. I, I'm interested. I'm definitely going to watch it because Hunter Green is pitching tonight. So I definitely want to see him. Oh yeah, that's going to be real interesting. You know, this is our young flamethrower. I'm mm-hmm. excited to see him too. I'm excited to see what he has to offer, you know, with the big league hitters. So, all right, Matt's got Chad, Hoosh, Dalton, Green, and Willie. Okay, and I, I can respect his, that. Uh, yeah, but the thing is, we, we, Willie's now. We 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 uh, said Willie's not on the list. He's on our '90s list. But uh, what? Well, whatever. I'm not gonna. You know, if that's that's your list. That's your list. Um. So it's not bad. It's not bad. You got, at least you got Dalton on there, but I mean you're you're leaving out. Let's see who you got. You got Wit. No, you're leaving out Wit. You got Gino. Actually, it's not a bad list, really. You got Chad and you got AJ. You're leaving out Corey. Who Corey, uh, in my mind, could be a, a Hall of Famer too. He's another guy that that should be considered in the Hall. Of Fame. Plus, he's got a Super Bowl win with the Patriots. So that's not a bad list. I kind of like that. I like that list. That's a good, that's a good list. I'm at it right here, I like it too. Um, I yeah. really do. It's, uh, you know, I get in. One thing we have noticed with the polls, and like I said, I'm guilty of it as well, is a lot of people forgot the offensive linemen and uh, a lot of defense. A lot of defense guys got, you know, overlooked as well. You know, I, I went with Delta O'Neill, but you know, you had Michael Johnson, you had Gino, you had Carlos, you had uh, Leon Hall. There's mm-hmm. a lot of good. Oh, speaking of Leon, speaking of Leon Hall, I I, I got a, I, I'm trying to extend the strawberry ice reach here. I, I got a maybe a slight chance of possibly someday getting him on the show here too, which would be awesome. That would be the first, uh, former or real Bengal <laughs> that it would be on the show. But that's still in the works. Just to tease that a little bit. All right, Joe, I don't remember you being on the show before, but welcome, sir. Uh, I was just giving a long. Tenure punt some appreciation. Dalton did belong on that list in my eyes. Yeah, that's that's where I'm saying. I mean, I think you got to put Dalton in there. I mean, it would be hard. I, sometimes I'm hard pressed to keep Carson out too, just because he was the quarterback that led us to the playoffs. You know, for the first time, you know, since 1991, back in 05. So that's another guy that I didn't put him on my list. But he, you know, he's in the top. You know, he's an alternate on my list as far as that goes. Now, oh, absolutely, so Palmer. I mean, it's hard to really deny him. He had a great NFL career overall. He was. He was. I, just- I would have loved to see what it would have turned out if he didn't get his shoulder hurt or his knee hurt. See, see, you know, I mean, obviously, we all want to know what would have happened in that playoff game if Kimo, the assassin von Olhoven, does not take out. Carson's knee. I want. I would. I still to this day think we would have blown their doors off because we were on the verge of blowing their doors off when that play happened. Anyway, Trey Potter, what's up, Trey? Uh, he says Pac Man. Now, see, now that's the thing is you got to look at it this way. It's a Ring of Honor. Okay, so it's not you know necessarily. That's why I stated it as the Ring of Honor. I like Pac Man. I love Pac Man. I think he's a good a good player for the Bengals. But the off the field stuff and things like that. Do you want that? on your stadium wall that's that's one thing i think you, we all have to consider too is is the on the field stuff also the off the field stuff because once their name goes up there it ain't coming down so that, that's my only issue with pac-man and then pat then who are you taking down if pac-man's up there who's your top five you know you know me you know i'm a wvu fan so yes you know, being and wvu you know, you would think Pac-Man's up there on my list, but I I just had a hard time getting in with Pac-Man, and a lot of it was his attitude. The man had issues. He was a great ball player, but 
I just I just can't even see him up there. Yeah, some people also said uh, they were talking about Slim Chris Henry, which it, you can't. To me, in my opinion, you can't put him up there because it, so, it was too short. It was just too short of a of a career. Unfortunately, I mean, I we talked about this before on the show where he was on the verge of seeing like getting his life straightened out and you know and, and moving on from there, and then you know, tragedy struck and we we lost him. But that's that's the the reason that, in my opinion, we didn't put um, uh, Henry up there. Yeah, um, another guy, and I remember commenting about this in Who Day Nation um, with uh, um, with Henry. It breaks my heart not to put Henry up there, but not mm-hmm. because of what he did or didn't do with the Bengals. He was going to be great, you know. He was gone too soon, and that's what really breaks my heart about him. I mean, I, I I'm still upset about that. You know what what all went down. You know what yeah, happened to him. He yeah, it's just oh, he had so much talent, dude. He, he, I mean, if he could have just think if he had not had the problems that he had and just came in and balled out from Jump Street, dude, he, he, he could have been, he, he would have been on this wall. He probably could have been better than Chad and TJ. Now, Jeremy D, who's finally chimed in, I know this is killing him, but he says Reggie Nelson, top five safety, which I, as far as top top five safeties, yeah, I, I agree with him that. But hey, Jeremy, if you're listening, I just found out that you you finally got out of a uh, Hootay Nation jail and you you were able to, to actually join the group. <laughs> dude, you you were getting Facebook jailed. Now you got you got out of Hootay Nation jail. I mean, dude, what are you doing to people? <laughs> oh my well, goodness! What can I say? We really screen our guys that come in. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Who the nation? You guys only only let the let the uh, the, the privileged ones in. <laughs> uh, Crown says Bengals could have a ring of arrest arrested by the Cincinnati police ring. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, Pac Man and Henry be on that. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> oh my goodness, there, Matt. What do you got here? Matt says. Uh, of course, but oh, you put it up there, Bree. Sorry, my bad. I got my look. My cute producer helped me. My daughter's helped me today, so she's uh, putting up putting up some of the comments for me. Um, he said, "Of course, Billy Price will be on my list as offensive lineman." Yeah, yeah, Billy Price definitely in the Ring of Honor for offensive lineman. <laughs> See, now this show's turned into a comedy. <laughs> right, exactly. Jeremy says he's too passionate. LOL. That's why that's why you guys won't let him in. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. So we got some news of the day. And I posted this on Who Day Nation along with um on the uh, Sports Star Ice page. Uh the Alex Smith has been cut from the Washington football team. And I put it out there, and actually I, I can't take credit for it. Jennifer. She put it out there first yesterday, before they even released him, um, about maybe the Bengals picking him up as a backup QB. And I know uh, you, me, and Jeremy uh, discussed some of that yesterday. Yeah, um, that's my thing with, uh, you know, I never gave a lot of thought to uh, Alex Smith. Um, right. Yeah, I just, um, good player, great story behind him. You know, love mm-hmm. to see him field this past season. I mean, I don't care if you're a Bengals fan. A Redskin, well, I'm sorry, a football team fan. Yeah, a football uh, team fan, right. A Bumblebees fan, whoever you are. Um, he's a, uh, that was a great story, and it was awesome to see Alex Smith come back. Would I like to see him in Cincinnati? I don't know. Um, but he is a competitor. We know he'd be a great mentor. He's good leader. He's a great leader. Yeah, so if the money's right, I say bring him aboard. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I I think it's a, a good idea, as long as you know the money's right. For me, the backup quarterback comes down to to money, how much they want, and everything. But that's the kind of guy that I'm kind of talk about getting, like him, like Fitzmagic, like uh, Tyrod Taylor. These guys who have been there, done that. They're good quarterbacks, and they know they're past their prime, or or like that. Tyrod's not really past his prime, but he hasn't really ever been a starter for any long consistent time so he might they might come here and be 
I won't say necessarily okay with being a backup, but being a good backup, being a professional backup and not, you know, trying to get the starting job or anything like that. And that's what I'm kind of worried about if you get Marcus Mariota or or um, James Winston or somebody like that, because I think those guys really want to be starters and, and they have a, they, they have a shot at being starters. Tyrod, Alex Smith, you know, Fitzmagic, they probably don't have a shot at being a starting quarterback in the NFL right now, to be honest. Because there's so many guys out there. So these are guys that I think it'd be good to bring in, especially for the high-quality uh, character guys that would help and just help Joe out. Because Alex Smith, he, he's been there, done that. I mean, he he's he didn't play in the Super Bowl, but he was on a team that went to the Super Bowl. And he's been in the NFC Championship game. So th- those are, that's some good uh, information and knowledge that Joe freaking Burrow could, could you know, benefit from. Oh, absolutely. And I've always been an Alex Smith fan, not because of the story and, you know, in Washington and what happened and all that. But, you know, he he was a top quarterback, you know, coming out at, from Utah back before the BCS when Utah was in there. And he blew out the Pitt Panthers, who, you know, as a WVU fan, I'm a huge yep. uh, rival with Pitt, the Pitt Panthers. Yeah. And uh, they, I think they beat him like 30 to nothing or 30 to seven. And his head coach. Urban Meyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you're bringing up uh, schools for me that I was – I'm a big rival of because UC used to be in the Big East with West Virginia and all these teams. That's – yeah, I, and it's it's Pittsburgh. I can't stand them, so. But, yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, okay, uh, Scott here. Willie Witt, Chad, Gino, and honestly go with AJ. It's not, that's not a bad – that's not a bad uh, – Bad grouping right there. Yeah. I like that. We're going to put Willie with the 90s. I know you said it. We're going to put him with it. But, you know, if people choose Willie right now, yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah. it's it's their list. So, I mean, if they want to put him on there, and I think it's going to be hard to, hard to keep him off. I mean, either he, he would be, if you put him in this list, you put him in this decade where he's, you know, we're allowing him, and then you put him in the 90s, he's going to be in both of them. I mean, he's going to be, oh. you know, in the 90s and in, in, in the 2000s. So. And uh, let's see here. Oh, my, my shirt here. Yeah, it's, that's uh, that's a shirt I got made. I got uh, where are my koozies? I got some koozies made too. I have some merch, but I don't have enough people who have said that they would buy it yet. <laughs> so, oh, I'll show you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, dude. So, there, there's my strawberry ice uh, koozie too. So, I have that as well. But if you guys ever are interested, in that, I got to get like 30 people who are down. For buying the stuff, then I can pay, I can make an order and we can get some strawberry swag out there. So that's well my little plug for today. Jeremy Pac-Man was a great return man. I mean, way underappreciated. He was a king. Yeah, I, I Pac-Man was. He's another guy. If he just freaking, you know, got his head out of his butt, he could have been, you know, <laughs> a lot a, a lot better player. You ain't selling nothing, Jeremy. Shut up. <laughs> Jeremy D is selling nothing. At least, for, if, if, well, he's selling he's selling stuff down in Alabama, but it has nothing to do with show merch. <laughs> um, hey, I want to go off topic just for a second. Good. Uh, you you were talking about your daughter's helping you produce tonight. Hmm. All right. Is this the daughter that added music? To the video. Yes, yes. She's the one that oh. did it. Well, good. I hope she can hear this because she did an awesome job. You hear that? Brianna? Awesome. That? He said you did an awesome job on the music for the video. <laughs> Would you guys will see the video? I, are we going to release that video tonight or, or are we thinking about uh, later on in the week? I don't know. Um, you know, it's... Uh, I'm excited for it. You know, I say release it now, but you know, I yeah, think we, we might. Should, I think we should hold off. <laughs> yeah, we, we might. It's it's a really cool video. But what we're talking, we got a video because Thursday is, we're having uh Ken Riley Jr. on the show. Um, so and it's gonna be. I, I'm very excited to have him on there because I think it's an absolute travesty that his father is not in the Hall of Fame and not even really getting considered. He's like I've said this over and over again. He's top five all time. Still to this day on the NFL list of all of interceptions. He retired in 1983. 
I was seven when he retired. I'll be 46 next month. That's ridiculous. The man should be in the Hall of Fame because everybody above him and almost everybody below him is in, except him, and he's right in the middle. So it's anyway. So we have a video that that actually Tommy edited and my daughter put music to, and uh, we will probably be releasing that uh, sometime this week. It'll definitely be on the show Thursday, so you guys can check it out. Yeah, I'm like you with Ken Riley. I mean, I don't get it because, like you said, he's top five interceptions. Uh, one other thing he is is he's a uh, top ten all time in interceptions, returns for touchdowns. He's still in the top ten for that, and he's also top ten all time in interceptions per games played. He made the All Pro his last year, 1983. He was All Pro, so he retired on top. I mean, it's it's a travesty. It's a complete travesty that he, that he's not in there and Ken Anderson is not in there. Those two should should be in. We and, that, and I know Bengal Jim is is working on getting a rally uh, together this summer to go up there to the Hall of Fame uh, to just hit, let our voices be heard as Bengal fans that these guys should be in. And then once they get in, hopefully other guys will get in. Hopefully Willie Anderson will get in, and Corey will get in, and Isaac Curtis can get in, and I could name a lot of guys that should be in. I don't know if we'll get everybody in, but hopefully we get these two in and, and the gates will open up and they'll, they'll actually respect the Bengals and respect our, our history and our, of our franchise. Cause we have, we, it's not like we've never had great players. I mean, in the seventies, if they had more playoff spots, the Bengals would have went to the playoffs more times, but they only had so many. And they had this uh, team called the Itzburg squealers who were pretty good. Yeah. It's just, um, you know, I get disappointed, you know, when I see how the Hall of Fame history of the Bengals, you know, with putting guys in Canton, and I don't, you know, it just, it really ticks me off more than anything. Oh, it, there's a lot it's of, frustrating. Yeah. And, uh, one thing that um, Bengal Jim did say, you know, we'll talk about it more, especially because we're going to let him lead this crusade because he's, oh, yeah. he's the one. He's the lead dog. But, <laughs> yeah. And, but, you know, they do pay attention to social media and the Bengals fans just need to come together and we need, just need to be that big voice, you know, when it comes to getting these guys in and we need to get some of these guys in and that, and Ken Riley, even during the Super Bowl with the Ken Riley snub, that should be a wake up call for all us Bengals fans. Exactly. And, th- and there, there's a, uh, I don't know if, if Jim put it together or not, but I, I saw it on his page and I, I shared it on the mine and I shared it on the who day nation. I think, Couple got shared a couple of times on the Who Day Nation, but there's a, two petitions going around: one for Ken Anderson and one for Ken Riley to sign it, to send it to the Hall of Fame, to hopefully, like you said, get our voices heard, get a, get Bagel's voices out there, and saying this is unfair and this needs to, needs to be fixed now. So if you got to find it, I know it's on my my, my page, Sports Strawberry Ice. It's on Who Day Nation. It's also on Bengal Jim's page. Go find them if you haven't signed a petition. Go sign it. Oh, absolutely. You know, we, you know, us Bengal fans, you know, we're just tired of getting snubbed out of everything. And there's some great players that should be in there. And, you know, another one was Willie Anderson. You know, he's yep. up for the hall and he's another one that should be in. And like I said, there's all, there's a bunch of greats that should be in the Hall of Fame. You know, I'm glad that Munoz is in there, but it's yes. a shame he's the only one that's in there. And, and the only reason he's in there. Is because he's the greatest left tackle ever. That's oh. if, if if he was, you know, I mean, Willie Anderson is a very, 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 very good, very to great tackle. We played right tackle, so you know they look the right tackle, left tackle, or you know, look di- look differently upon. Not that Willie Anderson isn't a great tackle or a great player, but Anthony Munoz is. You know, if you look at the Mount Rushmore of of tackles, he's probably number one, and that's the only reason I think he got in. Because he was with the Bengals, <laughs> we can't get anybody else in. Yeah. So, did you yeah. see that uh, DJ Reader tweeted out yesterday that he is uh, was working out on the treadmill, and it looks like he he's on pace to be back. He uh, tore his quad on the twenty sixth uh, versus Baltimore, so it looks like he's on the road to recovery. Trey Hopkins is on the road to recovery. Joe freaking Burrow is on the road to recovery. So it looks like all our guys are 
rehabbing, doing what they're supposed to do. And they all might be back game one. I know because I've talked about uh, what do you do if Trey Hopkins isn't ready, but he's acting like he's going to be ready to go game one. Yeah, it would be awesome if all those guys are ready to roll, um, you know, in the first game of the season. And Hopkins, I'm, one thing I'm going to say, if Hopkins comes back game one, people don't, some people don't realize how big of news that is. Because, you know, oh, he had that victory too, and he's a bigger guy. You know, there's a lot more pressure on that leg. So, you know, to him to make the recovery, the well, excuse me, him to be in the process of his recovery the way he is now, that's awesome. Yeah, and, and the thing is, he did the last game of the season. So that's even even better you know, or even a faster recovery than, you know, because I did not think he would be back game one, which I don't know if he is or not, but he, he thinks he's going to be. But that's just just shout out to him and, and his dedication and of, of, you know, putting the work in to get ready to go. Now, Matt says uh, Takeo Spikes. Now, now Takeo, he's in the 90s. I mean, he played two years in the stadium, so he is not uh, he's not eligible for this list. Like I said, it's from 2000 to 2020. So when we do a 90s list, he can, you can put him on there, but he he's not not there. Now, James Rapine, I don't know if you uh, watched his uh, – I think he put it on there t- today. But he was talking about what the Bengals – could do or what they may do if they can't sign Willie J3. And he uh he got this from uh Brad if I'm, I hope I'm gonna say his name right Spielberger from Pro, Pro Football Focus. And their idea is if you don't if you can't sign Willie J3 an option which they gotta have backups they gotta have an option if it does if we can't sign him um is Texas cornerback Bradley Roby he's another first round pick James likes the idea. Roby was also a, well, he's also with, he's going to be suspended for for one game for the first game of the year in 2021. They think that the Bengals could possibly get him for a fifth round pick. Now he has $19 million left on his contract. Um, none of it's guaranteed. So they could take a shot, trade for him, get him this year. If it doesn't work, they can cut him. Now this is only if they don't sign Willie J3. Uh, what do you think about that? Um, I haven't put much thought into it until you were actually talking about it right now. Um, I do like Roby. I really do. Um, I don't think he's – I like WJ3 better. So, you know, it's hard to say, yeah, let's just go get this guy. But, you know, I think it would be a good alternative. And I think Rapine is, uh, is right on track with this. That would be a good alternative if – they cannot sign WJ3. Jeremy's saying, no, I'm just saying that they can't sign Willie J3, Jeremy. That's all. I want him to sign WJ3. I want him to sign him. But, you know, that's, that's, we got, if, if they can't, if somebody, if some other team comes out and offers them way more money, you know, then you got to have it, you got to have some kind of back, backup. He doesn't like Roby. You know, if you're right. Go ahead. He may not be the answer, but like I said, but then you have to, but like you said, you have to start looking at alternatives. And, you know, there is some quarterbacks out there, but there's just not much out there that I've seen that I really like. So, you know, that's an option. Now, I had another thing that just actually just popped in my head. We're talking about James Rapina. He, he does the Bengals uh, Locked On po- podcast uh, every day. I don't, I don't know if he's on it every day, but Bengals Locked On podcast is every day. But anyway, they had a guy on there, and I wish I could remember his name. I should have wrote it down, but I didn't think, think of it until just now. And you know, Tom, you know how much I love Armadillo as the Bengals defense coordinator. I mean, he by far, I think he is the greatest defense coordinator we are, have ever had. And if you ever watch the show, you know I'm completely kidding. But this guy was watching the All-22. And from what he could see, there were guys that were out of position before the play even started. Now, good to, I say, I say good, even great defense coordinators change their, their scheme. I can't take credit for this. This is what this guy was saying. I, I, man, I wish I remember his name. 
But they changed their, their scheme to what their players do well. And for what he's heard and what he saw, it looks like Armadillo is hard-headed and says, no, we're playing this way. And to me, that's kind of scary. Because if he, we've had two years of this, and he, if he's not willing to change his defensive scheme somehow to help benefit the guys that are playing for him, to help them, you know, do better and what they're good at. That's where another reason. That's why I'm like, I think we just need to go all in on the offense this year. And I want to say sign loss, and I want to sign Willie J three, but we might not go in as much on defense because I don't know if Armadillo can coach these guys to do what they're supposed to do. You know, that is a good question. And uh, when you brought that up about whoever that was, that was on uh, Locked On Bengals. Uh, that's a good point because they did. They did look confused. And honestly, a lot of the reason that I think a lot of guys were out of place and uh, also looked confused out there on defense before the play even started was because I think Lou was confused. Yeah, yeah. Lou, Lou was definitely confused. And, you know, another thing that I want to um, – <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just reading the comment. Yeah, I know. But, uh, Jeremy, Jeremy screwed the show up, but he's not even on. Jeezel. <laughs> but, um, you know, I don't like the way that Carlos Dunlap left the Bengals. I don't like all the drama that, you know, ensued, you know, to right. make that happen. But mm -hmm. now we're seeing what the issue was with Carlos, uh, you know, and wanting to get out of there. He didn't want to drop right. back in. He didn't like a lot of what was going on. And it goes back to Lou being uh, hard-headed in the I think Dunlap just didn't want to play for him. And I think that's what's going to happen with a lot of these guys is, you know, when they have the opportunity to get away from Lou, if Lou's still going to be there, they're going to go elsewhere. Yeah, so, so that's the thing with, with, with Lawson and Willie J3, which we don't know, is do they want to come back? You know, because I, I lost, there's been stories out where Lawson has said that, that he was told to not use his certain pass rush, pass rushing, techniques that he uses that he's comfortable with and to me i'm sorry but if the player is comfortable with in certain situations the best way to help them succeed is put them in these situations that they're the most comfortable with to give them confidence to give them to to success and i i don't understand why you wouldn't do that because you because if they're successful then that reflects on you as a defense coordinator that you're successful and if you're refusing to put them in the position to be successful, then why in the hell are you to D.C.? Oh, exactly. You know, it goes back to the old saying, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Right. I mean, that's uh, that was like my biggest thing with uh, Armadillo. See, now you got me saying Armadillo. Yeah, and, uh, Armadillo, baby. <laughs> I'm not going to call him his real name until he, until he proves me wrong. But I didn't like him in New York. Um, you know, when they signed him, you know, I like to do research. I know he was there. What was he? Was he their secondary? He was their secondary coach, I believe, in New York. And yeah, I, think I so. just, yeah, I just never gelled. I didn't like the pick. And honestly, I'm not crazy about having him back this year. I really thought that they should have just went after somebody else. But I mean, it is what it is. I hope. Well, what, kill okay. I was like, what, what kill kills me is Wade Phillips is out there. I mean, he doesn't have a job. At least bring him in to help. You know, if you want to have Armadillo as a DC, fine. Bring Wade Phillips in it as a assist or, you know, assistant to the, the, the coach or, or, or whatever. Bring him in. That, that guy's, that mind, that defensive mind is sitting out there for anybody to hire. Why haven't the Bengals tried it? That, why hasn't anybody tried it? I'm kind of surprised about that, to be honest. I hear that Wade Phillips is sitting out there, and he wants to do it. He wants he he's uh, you know he's set at the fire to be a, a a coach, you know a DC or 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 assistant or something. He said. You got Taylor, who's an offensive mind as the head coach. Um, obviously, you know he likes when it comes to defense. I mean, look at you you know you stick with Armadillo. Obviously, you know he's just not as keen on defense as he is offense. Talking about Taylor, but. Um, I would bring in Phillips, and I'd be like, hey, I know this is a young coach. I don't know if you want to coach, 
if you want to work under Zach Taylor or not, but we're going to give you total control of the defense. Head coach can't say nothing. Whatever you right. want to run, run, and just bring Phillips in and see what he can do. And I think a lot yeah. of these players play for Phillips better than what they would with uh, Armadillo, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, either way, guys, right now we're, we're stuck with Armadillo for another year, so you just you just kind of hope that they – he either he changes or they or they figure it out, and that's where I'm kind of like, I don't know if I, I mean, I, like I said, I want Willie J three, I want Lawson, I want them to get another pass rusher, but to me, if this is this is Zach's last year of his contract, so this is another way to look at this, and he really hasn't, we really haven't been able to see Zach's offense in its full effect or whatever because of the offense line. It's been terrible for the two years that he's been the head coach, so that's why I think the. To, to really judge Zach, you have to go all in on the offensive line, fix that, and then you can judge Zach Taylor on his offensive schemes and his, and his, his coaching ability, I think, because it is kind of hard to judge guys when they have lower talented players in key positions. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, one thing you have to look at is – he beat the um, – Taylor beat the fighting bumblebees with his backup quarterback. And, um, you know, one thing that um, really impressed me with the backups this year was, you know, after Burrow went down, um, Brandon Allen didn't even practice with the team, you know, because of COVID right. protocols. When he was on the practice squad, he was in another side of the facility working out. Mm-hmm. They had Finley – on the scout team he he was taking no offensive reps he was just you know the scout team quarterback and so I don't think anybody was ready and I think that he did um you know scale his offense back a little bit to meet you know the uh the talent level of both Allen and Finley you know I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I lost my train of thought. No, no, I, I think I think I got you. No, because I, I was I was impressed with, with Zach's uh, uh, how quickly he got Brandon Allen up to speed. Like you said, because he wasn't even really part of the team. He was in a hotel under COVID protocol, and he wasn't. You know, if he did work out, he's on the other side of the field. And then you had the, the game against the Squealers, where I mean, I gave it to Zach. I mean, I know I think the Squealers were, were, were overrated, but I thought that was a great defensive or excuse me, offensive. Game plan that Zach had for for what he what options he had that he could use, you know, to, to, to give the Bengals a chance to beat them and eventually beat the Squealers. So that's where I'm. That's what people always. Everybody gets mad at Zach and they don't think he's the right guy. I'm not saying he's not, but I'm not saying he he's as bad as people think he is. And I like I said, I think Armadillo is awful. So I'm I'm that's you know I've stated that enough, but. That's why I think this year, if they fix the offensive line, like we're talking about, we have a, a we're going to see. There's there should be no excuses for Zach. I mean, we get that offensive line. There's no excuses for Zach Taylor as far as being a coach, a good coach or bad coach or whatever. And and me and Jeremy say this all the time. If they do what they're supposed, what we think they're going to do in the off on the off season, we should be in the playoff run, and I think we should have a shot at making at least a wild card if they do what that we we think they're going to do. Oh, absolutely. I'm like that, too. I mean, I'm optimistic every year, but one reason I'm going to be more optimistic this year after free agency in the draft is this team is closer than what a lot of people think. And uh, one thing that I do hope, you know, don't wish injury on anybody, but you know how we were talking before about how Burrow getting injured could have been a blessing in disguise so they fix mm-hmm. this offensive line. I right. think – that also helped Taylor because if you notice, Taylor ran the ball more. You know, he didn't yes. have that guy that came out there and throw 40, 50, 60 times a game. So I'm hoping that he realizes that he's going to get that run game going. Yeah. One, one thing people brought that up on, on, on my live shows here during the season of why are they run the ball so much now? Why didn't they do that before? And my only thing that, well, one, we didn't have Joe Burrow. Two, I think we added. Sir Feely came back, and we had Spain as our guards. So our guard play got a lot better. I mean, our guard play was still awful throughout the year, but Spain and Sir Feely were way better than 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 um, 
Michael Jordan and Price or whoever we had at guard. So I think that's uh, it was a combination of they had to run the ball more because we really didn't have a quarterback to, that could consistently throw it, and our offensive line got better up the middle than it was when Burrow was here. Oh, absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned Spain too, you know, which obviously I'm going to be biased to Spain a little bit because, you know, he's another WBU guy. And honestly, when he was at WBU, I didn't think he would make it in the NFL. I just didn't think he had what it took. And he did really well in Tennessee. Then he went up and he exploded in Buffalo. And he was the only lineman during the Dolphins game that actually stood up for his team. You know, we were showing that picture of the offensive line over there. Down. Yeah, hang on a second. I got that somewhere. <laughs> but Spain was the only guy that from the offensive line that was out there fighting with those guys, you know, and protecting his team, standing up for his teammates while everybody else was. <laughs> right, there you go. You can see everybody fighting in the whole the offensive line just sitting there chilling, waiting for the pizza guy to show up. <laughs> waiting for the hot dog man to come by. Right. Hot dogs. Get your hot dogs here, ice cold beer. Like, they, aren't you guys supposed to be playing? Nah, we're done. We don't care anymore. Like, all right, whatever. All right, Keith's got a comment here. Let's go, guys. Yeah, exactly. All right, Keith said, there's a writer for The Athletic who covers the Bengals and said the Bengals will draft heavy on defense. Hmm. I have to find that one because I, I – well, how – this is not even a – this is not a draft that you draft heavy on defense. You draft this is a heavy offense, offensive linemen, wide receivers, quarterbacks. So I'm not sure. I mean, I, I that that one's kind of I I have to find that article. I I don't I, that one kind of surprises me that they would say they're going to be heavy on defense. We were heavy on defense last year. Our our thing is we need. I mean, we need to fix both lines, offense, defense line. We need to fix both of them. And go get somebody to stretch the field. Those are the, the keys to me. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I looked at these play, um, this draft class, and there's a lot of good defensive players in this class, but there's not a lot of top ten players. And right, you know, Micah Parsons is up there, linebacker. Not really somebody that the Bengals need. I mean, he's a great linebacker. You know, don't get me wrong. Yeah, but. It's just somebody that I don't think he would fit the Bengals. But after him, there's just not a lot of defensive players for the top 10 and really even in the top 15 of this year's draft. Now, you got some guys later on, like, you know, maybe third, fourth, fifth round, but it's just not really deep. And it's like you said, I, I know we've been talking about how deep the offensive line is in this draft. I've talked about how deep the receiver position is in this draft. It just seems like, 2021 is going to be more offensive heavy than anything else. Yeah, yeah. That, so that, that that's that's the first article. I, I have to go find it. I, that's the first one I've heard anything. I, I mean, they are going to draft defense. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they're not. But I think it's mostly going to be heavier leaning toward the offense. Now I'll change things up a little bit because, like I said, the Reds are actually on TV tonight at 8 o'clock on MLB Network. And we're going to get our first look this year at Hunter Green, who's coming back from – uh, Tommy John surgery. Um, now, last year, he didn't have any minor leagues. He pretty much just got the, got the pitch at Pasco. But from what I have read, his fastball is already back up to like 100, 100 and something miles an hour, which is which is pretty good. <laughs> um, but he's also got to work on a secondary pitch. So those are things that I will be watching tonight to see. We know he can throw it. You know, it's it's control – and, and and keeping the, the the batters off balance is one of the things that I am going to be looking looking for from Hunter Green. I don't know how long he's going to pitch tonight, but I think it'll be interesting watching him. It is going to be interesting to watch him, and I'm excited for that too. Um, you know, we're going to see him hit triple digits, and I know a lot of people want to see him hit tr triple digits, but I'm like you. I want to see what kind of secondary pitches he has. Right. I want to see what that breaking stuff is because these young pitchers, a lot of times can throw hard, and they're just like, well, I'm, I'm in a jam. I'm just going to throw it right past him. I'm going to blow it past right. him. Well, this is right. a big league hitter. He gets your timing down, and it's yeah. going deep. Well, the thing is now, I mean, what, what young pitcher can't hit, you know, 97 to 98 to 100? I mean, it seems like almost all of them are, are throwing a ball, you know, uh, uh, way faster than they used to. 
And the thing is, like, if you ever watched Trevor Bauer, which I know we all watched him, but he was great at keeping the batters off balance. And that's the thing you have to do with a batter. You got to guess, you know, fastball and you throw him a curveball or you curveball and you throw him a slider, you know, up, down, in, out. You know, that's that's pitching. I mean, lots of guys that make, make the NFL or NFL, the MLBs can throw it 97, 98 miles an hour, but it's straight right down the middle with no movement. And then it's gone, you know, like you said. So that, that's where he has to work at. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's what, you know, I know that he was a lefty and he was closer to and Chapman. I really don't yep. want to compare Green to Chapman, but that's one thing about Chapman is, yeah, he could hit triple digits on that radar, but he had a nasty slider too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the Chapman sometimes too, he would fall in love with his fastball and he'd throw it right down the middle. And I don't care if it's 105 or not. These guys, these are major league baseball players. They can time it up and, and hit it to the moon. You, I mean, they don't even have to swing that hard. They just got to be quick because they're they're power, powering the ball with, with the 100 miles an hour. Oh, yeah. And when that when you get a ball coming in there at triple digits like that, over 100, you know, you hit it, it's going to take off. It's going to come off the bat like a rocket. I mean, it doesn't yeah. matter how you swing. It's just like you said, and it's, it is. It's going to take off. And if you hit right. it right, boom. Now, I know this was a, a post in the rounding third and heading for home, and I saw you make a comment on it. That uh, if I, I I'm quoting the the, the post, and I, I'm sorry, but I can't remember who posted it. Um, but they were talking about how the fans are freaking out already after two spring training games, and we're not scoring anything, and we're gotten blown out, you know. And I'm like, I, I'm kind of like what you said. I'm like, relax. It's spring training. I mean, it's you know, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's all about getting the work in and getting better. It, it matters opening day. That's when it matters. None of this stuff matters right now but people i think overreact to the way they're playing right now oh yeah that's uh you know that's what i was getting i mean you're gonna have fans like that and there's nothing wrong with it because um you know fans vent and they see things you know in different ways but you know the way spring training usually works is we're going to get a look good look at these younger guys early on and that's what David Bell and his staff wants to do. They want to see which guys they want to get a longer look at, and that's who you're going to see playing towards the end of spring training. Yeah, and the thing is, it's different this year because normally you have, you know, that that dugout. I was with Tommy Thrall the other day talking about how normally the dugout is is packed. You know, you got all the minor league guys and everything. Well, you don't have as many of those guys as you normally do. So I don't think it's a. I think it's actually kind of good for the for the younger guys who are there. They are going to get a, a, a lot more work and a lot better look, you know, than they normally would, you know, in regular years because there's not there's not as many of them. Now the thing is, now everybody's talking about the shortstop position, and I've thrown it out there where I think they're not going to do this, and I'm kind of surprised they're not doing this. The mad scientist loves mixing and matching, and this sounds like something right up his alley, but you know, I, I I've thought it's not a bad idea to get your best offensive team out there. Because we're not a great defensive team as it is. And no. so my, my suggestion was to move Gino to short, Moose to third, bring in uh, Senzel to second. And that way you can have Shogo in center, Winker in right, and Castellanos in, or Winker in left and Castellanos in right every day. That's your best starting lineup right there for offensively. And for the Reds to win, I think that's what they got to do. But they're not going to. It doesn't seem like it. looks like Kyle Farmer is the one that they want to be the everyday shortstop and possibly a backup with strange uh, Gordon. Yeah. Um, I was upset with a lot of people, you know, I was, I was on the bandwagon where I wanted them to do something with shortstop this year, but now I'm just oh, yeah. like, um, but I am excited about farmer and, you know, ever since I read that article and even though it may not turn out the same way, but you know how they were talking about how he changed his swing. And, yes. you know, he mm-hmm. worked on the thing. He worked on his technique. And, you know, Scooter Jeanette did that back in 2016. And right. we all know after he changed his swing. Now, mm-hmm. we may be spoiled by that, or I may be spoiled by that, because <laughs> it may not work out. But I'm excited. Well, y'all got – I was going to say, y'all look at it this way, too. The, and I'm usually the optimistic guy, but Nick Senzel, they, somebody talked him into changing his swing right before he came up his rookie year. And that didn't work out too good. 
So a swing change isn't always the best, but I mean, look, I hope Carl Kyle Farmer can be an everyday short shortstop because we need somebody. You know, it, it, it helps to have. I mean, I'm the one that likes guys set for the most part in their position and in their batting orders. And I know the mad scientist doesn't like that. So that's why the reason I have a hard time liking him as a manager. But I still think, I mean, people are, are on this team. Like we're, we're some fans act like we're rebuilding. We're not rebuilding. We, we made the playoffs last year. Now, granted, if it was a regular 162 game season and we played like that, like we did last year, we, we probably wouldn't have made the playoffs, but we did. And we haven't lost that much. I mean, we lost Trevor Bauer is a huge loss. Iglesias, I, I don't, you know, I, I, I would rather kept him, but we didn't. But that's basically it. Everybody else is coming back. So, from from a playoff contending team, and if you look at the the Central, the Cubs got worse. The Cardinals, they're they're still pretty good. Milwaukee really hasn't done anything. So, I mean, this is a very winnable division, I think, for the for the Reds. If, in my opinion, the mad scientist David Bell doesn't screw it up. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much the same way you are with that, you know. <laughs> I'm I'm thinking David Bell is going to have a lot of uh I think he's going to have an issue um going away with the analytics when he needs to. You know, I right. I love analytics. I like that, but I think he plays into them too much and right. one thing I really don't like about him is he must not like Shogo. Yeah, yeah, I know. He he does not play Akiyama, and I I just don't get it. I mean, you got a guy coming over here, and um, he had a hot streak. I know. I think he finished up batting only what, like two forty or two fifty. Yeah, but, but he's but that streak toward when they when they won those six or seven series in a row, his on base percentage was off the chart. Oh yeah, and I don't know why you wouldn't want to get him some reps against major league pitching. Right. Ready for 2021. Because then, you know, if he's ready, then, man, you just got another weapon right there. And it goes back to what you said. Even though they won't do it, they could put Senzel right back at second. And, you know, that's two good bats you have in the lineup. Instead of now, you got to rotate. Yeah, I mean, people people come at me like, oh, it's, it's a terrible idea. You know, Gino had this many errors when he played shortstop and stuff. Which I, I understand. I'm not saying it's ideal at all. I'm not saying it's ideal. I'm just saying for the way the team is is structured, they didn't do anything at shortstop. So he might be your best. It might be your best option to get your best offensive guys out there. And the way that they shift and everything with every freaking batter, you can get away with not as good a shortstop as you used to have. Now shortstop to me is. You, it should be the best glove on the team. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. But from what we have to work with, you know, I think this this is the best option to do. You know, nothing gets Kyle Farmer or anything. I mean, but he's never been an everyday player. You know, Senzel has, Moose has, Gino has, all these guys have. I mean, Akiyama, and that's that's the other big thing for me is to get Akiyama in there. It's it's criminal <laughs> to me. That David Bell won't play him. I mean, and put him at the leadoff spot. That's what you signed him for. And they keep thinking he can't play center field, which is ridiculous. I think he played a fine center field last year. Played just as good as Senzel did. Again, it's not like we have Gold Glovers. We don't have a Gold Glover on the team. I don't think, to be honest, except for oh Tucker Barnhart. But that's it, you know. Yeah, I'm. I mean. You took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, I couldn't have said it any better. And I think they should put their best offensive team on the field, just like you've been screaming. And, you know, defense does play a lot. But, you know, you got to look at the uh, defense. You know, does good defense outweigh a bad offense? You know, and how many games did Billy Hamilton win for us? I right. mean, you know, he was a great defender. But, man, that, that guy could not get on base to save his life. You know, well, the thing is, see, wanna... you, got, you got to look at the way the team is designed. I mean, they didn't design it for defense. I mean, they didn't. The guys they signed and the guys they, they picked up, they didn't design it to be a, a good defensive or a great defensive team. It's not designed that way. So that's where I'm like, I don't know what the big deal is, just to try it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I mean, what are you going to lose? You don't have a shortstop now anyway. 
Now, the other interesting part in camp is who's going to be the fourth and fifth starter. Because I think Tyler Malley is, is locked up. He's going to be your your third guy. But I I, I like to see uh, TJ um, – oh, uh, so I get what – what's that? TJ Antone? Yes, TJ Antone and Michael Lorenzen. I think those two would be a great four or five in your rotation. If those guys can pitch – if TJ Antone – Pitches they were close like he did last year. We might not miss a beat as far as our starting rotation goes, even with losing Trevor Bauer. Oh yeah, um, I was really uh, shocked at how well he pit. He came in and pitched, and you know, one thing we got to remember is these guys trained at Pasco, but they didn't have a season last year. So these guys right. were much just over there. Think of it as just practice. They didn't have no game experience. He was pitching simulated games, which is nowhere near. Uh, what a real game is, and he came in and he did a pretty good job. And you know, I'm with I'm on base on board with you with uh, Antone and Lorenzen. I know they still have Miley on the roster, but um, I don't know. I just hey, I'm not I'm not a big fan of Miley. Miley didn't didn't do much of anything last year, so I, I maybe we're wrong. We'll see what happens, but we'll find out and then we'll get to watch them tonight at eight o'clock. So it's about six 30. Tommy, I think I'm going to roll on out here, but I appreciate you jumping on as always. I'm glad your internet stayed. So that's good. Go, go, go watch your, uh, your Mountaineers. I know they're, they're on. Yeah. They're starting to come back, but you know, it, rough start. So if you notice right, how I was off and I was uh, getting caught off guard, that's what I was doing. So. <laughs> oh yeah. Dude. The, the other day on Friday, I was on here with Melvin Levin. I, I had the Bearcat game on my phone right over here and I'm come on. Yeah. Well, I'm on the air, so I'm, we're fans, brother. We're fans. I got you. Sir. Well, listen, I, I just want to say I appreciate you having me on, you know, and I'll uh, be on. And, man, I can't wait till Thursday. <laughs> me neither. It's too fun. <laughs> All right, brother. Take it easy. Yes, sir. Y'all have a good one. See you, man. All right, guys. Well, i glad you guys all were able to join me and Tommy. Uh, I'm going to jump off here because the Blue Jackets – for my hockey fans, which I don't know how many hockey fans I got on this on this channel, but I am a hockey fan. I, I like the Columbus Blue Jackets, and they are about to start skating here at 7.30. They will be taking on the Detroit Red Wings. So I'll watch that for the first hour, and then I'll start watching the Reds game, and I'll flip back and forth. So this brings me to the Facebook groups that let me live stream on their pages, and I appreciate every single one of, you, one of them. That's uh, Houda Nation. That's where Tommy's from, and Josh is, is on there also. He uh, joins the show a lot too. Got Ohio State Bucknuts. So big shout out to Kip and Gretchen for letting us uh, live stream on there. Bearcat Ruckus. That's my own group. So shout out to me. I uh, got the Ice Bar, which like I said, it's a fun show page. Me and Jeremy do some silly TikToks and stuff on there, and Tommy posts stuff on there. Josh posts posts stuff on there. Lots of other viewers post different things on there. It's a very interactive. It's a virtual bar, so you can go join that. I also like to thank uh, Rounding Third and Heading for Home, one of my newest uh, groups that let me live stream. So I appreciate you guys and all you do. Now, join me on all my other social media platforms, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice. The Facebook page is blowing up. I really am enjoying this. I have 579 likes, 621 people are following me. That is awesome. So let's keep that rolling. I'm also on Twitter and TikTok. Eventually, I'm going to figure out how to put the show onto Twitter and start broadcasting it on there. So I'm going to try to get my Twitter followers up that way. But YouTubers, as always, you guys are doing awesome. I appreciate every single one of you. I'm 847 subscribers. Make sure you like, subscribe, share. Podcast will be going up later on tonight. Rate, like, review. It's on BeanPod, uh, Apple, Spotify, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. Other than that... Thursday is can't get here soon enough. I'm very excited to talk to Ken Riley Jr. We might be releasing that video tonight that Tommy edited and my daughter uh, put the music to. It's very cool, very fun, and I hope you guys enjoy it. And other than that, as Jeremy D would always say, remember one thing and one thing only. You don't live in Cleveland. You live in Cincinnati. So act like it. Who day? Go Reds. Hopefully they'll get a win tonight and everybody can calm down. Hopefully Hunter Green does good. I'm, that's what I want to watch him tonight. I'm very, very excited to watch Hunter Green tonight. And as always, that's just sports, baby. See ya!